Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. And welcome, welcome, welcome to Bob Bernie Live and the Don Crow Show on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for joining me. My telephone number is 877-BOB-LIVE, 877-262-5483. And Fridays are always open phones on my program. Uh, We can talk about anything you want to talk about. Israel and the war with Hamas is uh, an incredibly important thing. If you want to talk about that, discuss it, let's talk. I have given you uh, my thoughts, my opinion, and it's interesting. I this morning, who was I talking to this morning? Uh-huh. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, I was talking with someone and said, "Well, at least uh, President Biden has been very strong in his support of Israel. Uh, unequivocal, we're behind you. You've got our back, and so forth." And I said, this was this morning, I said, you watch, before a week is out, we're going to see the Biden administration and the U.S. government pivot from go get them, wipe them out, they uh, they cannot be tolerated, Hamas has got to be destroyed, which was the official position of the White House a couple of days ago. I said, you watch, within a week. There's going to be a pivot, and you're going to see President Biden and the Democrats and the U.S. government say, you know what, you need to pull back, you need to negotiate for peace, you need to restrain yourself. Well, it hadn't even been a week. Uh, Headline, President Biden tells Israel to slow Gaza operation. Because Israel has given a message to the inhabitants of Gaza, Gaza, we're coming. If you are an innocent civilian, leave. Get out. We don't want to hurt you. We don't want you to be hurt. Leave. Get out. We're coming. And Hamas is saying to their civilians, stay. Stay. Because they want them to die. I said this over and over, and, and Daniel and Marilyn, I'm coming to you, I promise. Hang tight, I'll be right with you. But I keep emphasizing this. The Israelis love life. Hamas loves death. They embrace death. They celebrate death. They choose death. Now, the leaders would rather have the people die rather than themselves. So you have... Look at this. Israel is saying to the innocent citizens of Gaza, we're going to attack, get out, leave. We don't want to hurt you. We don't want you to be in the line of fire. And Hamas is telling their own people, don't you leave. If you're a true Palestinian, don't you leave. They want as many people to die as possible. It's true. So the pivot, evidently, from the White House has already begun. 
All right. Uh, let's go to Daniel in Maryland. Daniel, thank you so much for calling. Welcome. You're on Bobberty Live and the Don Crow Show. Welcome. Hey, Bob. Good afternoon. Glad you took my call. How Daniel, it, I am well, thank you. And I am honored to take your call. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Well, my, you know, <clears throat> I was thinking about the Second Amendment. And in this country, we have, we have, thank God, we have the Second Amendment. Now, I don't know whether or not Israel has have given their citizens the, the right to own own their own weapons. But I tell you something, if they had I didn't know I didn't hear about any uh homeowner uh, having weapons to defend themselves. And I think if many of the homeowners have had if they had had a weapon uh like we have over here, a lot of those a lot of those savages would have been gunned down. Well, what do you it, think? Well, it's interesting you bring it up. Israel does not have a Second Amendment like we do. And currently, if you look at the entire nation, about 2% of the population has a weapon. Uh, you can have a weapon in Israel, but you have to jump through a whole lot of hoops. It depends on where you live. If you live in one of the kibbutzes in southern um, Israel, uh, close to the Gaza Strip, or if you live in north uh, close to Lebanon, where Hezbollah is, uh, citizens are more likely to have guns in the north, in the south, but the average citizen in Israel is not armed. I think that's going to change, however. But since you brought that up, I heard this story just this morning of two kibbutzes. I think that's the proper plural. Uh, one kibbutz had weapons. And uh, only a couple of people died, and they fought off the terrorists, the Hamas, and killed a whole bunch of them. A kibbutz just down the road had no weapons, and they were completely wiped out. So I I, I think that—and again, I'm not an expert on this, and I'm not speaking from a platform of authority. I want you to understand that. But it's my understanding— that those Israelis that live close to the borders, close to Gaza, if they want to have a gun, they can. But many Jews have been opposed to that. Uh, they don't believe in weapons. They are, they are peaceful people. Uh, you're, I'm sure you're not old enough to remember the peaceniks from the 60s. I am. Uh, but, oh, no. But I think... The attitude towards weapon ownership is going to change dramatically in Israel, and I'm very bad at predicting things, but I can imagine that Israel is going to loosen their gun regulations dramatically. Now, with that said, uh, every young person in Israel is required to serve in the military, and they are required— always to have their weapon with them. So when you travel in Israel, you will see young people with rifles everywhere because they're the military and they are required, whether they're at home, a restaurant, on a bus, they're required always, always, always to have their weapon with them. So you will see a whole lot of young people in Israel with weapons 
because every young person is required to serve, I don't remember how many years, but uh, they're all required to serve. Men, women, boys, girls, they're all required to serve in the military. And they always have their weapons with them. So I've never seen more weapons uh, anywhere in the world than I have seen in Israel. But that's certainly not the case in these remote kibbutzes and so forth. So anyway, I hope that helps. Yes, it does. And I hope also that uh, with all these people coming across the border, and many of them being from the Middle East, uh, I don't know. I think if you don't if you don't use the Second Amendment, you better use it. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know that anyone can predict what's going to happen here in America, but we cannot be complacent. We know right. that millions of people have entered our country illegally uh, from over a hundred different countries, and just the odds would tell you they're not all good people. So right. I think I think we need to be very vigilant. I do. Yes. All right, Daniel. Okay, thank you, Bob. Well, again, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. God bless you. God bless you. All right. My number is 877-BOB-LIVE. 877-262-5483. We can talk the Israeli situation. It's open phones. We can talk about anything you want to. We'll be back. Radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. This is honestly hard to believe. I mean, it really is. Um, I'm watching live coverage of thousands, and I mean thousands of people right now in Times Square. Condemning Israel and praising Hamas. Now, again, you realize what we're talking about. Hamas slaughtered over a thousand innocent people, drug people out of their homes, shot them in the head, killed babies and cut their heads off. And yes, we do have proof of that now. Open fire indiscriminately at a concert where a bunch of young people were singing and dancing and celebrating peace. And I'm watching right now thousands in Times Square in New York condemning Israel and praising the terrorists. This is in our country. Praising terrorism. It is hard to grasp, but there are probably no people on planet Earth more hated than Jews. Let that sink in, folks. All right, uh, there's much more I could say, but it's Open Phone Friday. And uh, next up in Newark, Ohio, 
is Gail. Hi, Gail. Welcome. You're on Bobberty Live. Thank you for calling. Yeah, well, I was listening to your comments about Matt Gates and uh, the frustration that's going on in the Republican Party. And the only thing I was wondering about all this, because I know I have been extremely frustrated. In fact, I blame the Republicans for a lot of stuff going on because they can never do anything. And, you know, when Trump was the president, they were always trying to go against Trump. But is are these eight guys, the Matt Gates and all those people, just trying to force the hand to get the Republicans to do something? Because it just seems like they keep going on, keep passing the you know the resolutions. The debt never gets. They never deal with the Republicans. Never deal with anything. So I just wonder what you thought about that. Well, uh, if you listen to this program, you hear me say all the time: the devil lives in the extremes. Those eight Republicans. You know, on on most of the things that they stand for, I would agree on. You know, I I would. Right. Uh, let me let me illustrate it this way, and I don't know whether this will make sense to you or not. Uh, in in all the years I've been doing a talk show here at WRFD, I have banned I think five people. That's it. I've had thousands of people call, and I have banned five. Well. Probably 15 years ago, there was this guy who called, and he I allowed two calls a week. Every single week, he called twice. And almost everything he said, Gail, I agreed with. But he was so obnoxious mm-hmm. the, and, and, and filled with anger and bitterness that even though I agreed with his point, he made the point look bad. In other words, he did more harm than he did good, and I agreed with most of what he said, but his attitude and the way he said it did great harm to what he was trying to accomplish. Nobody, nobody would follow him, even if they agreed with him, because of his absolutely obnoxious, narcissistic, self-centered, angry, bitter spirit. And so I finally banned him, not because of what he believed, but the way he expressed it. That Aren't people really frustrated with the Republicans, though? Yes, yes, they are. But that's the way I look at at least some of those eight people. I agree with most of what they stand for, but the the way they approach it is so obnoxious at times, and they they don't understand how our political system actually works. It's not perfect. It's the best on the earth. But as I've said before, in order to get anything done, you've got to stand for your principle— but you, yeah, sometimes you have to compromise as well. You know, when Trump got elected, though, uh, Ryan, they all fought against it. I mean, they had the opportunity to get rid of Obamacare. And they didn't do it. I just am really disgusted with Republicans. I, I mean, I, you know, the Democrats do stick together. They do terrible things. But, boy, they stick together. Yes, Republicans they do. always fighting each other. I know. I know. And that's – I think Jim Jordan is a really good guy, and I think he would make an excellent Speaker of the House. Right. I don't think he's got a chance. I really yeah. don't because of the deep division in the Republican Party. 
And that. it is frustrating. It really, really is, and a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> well, thank you very much. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Uh, it's going to be fascinating, and I've been trying to find out in between breaks and so forth when the Republicans may call for a vote for the next Speaker of the House, and I can't find anything. Um, I'm kind of thinking it won't happen until Monday. And if there was ever a time when we needed the House of Representatives and the United States of America to be together and leading in this thing with Israel, it's now. And uh, it's not going to happen for a while. And I think... I think the Republicans are embarrassing themselves. I really do. But those ultra-conservatives, I I, I think they honestly believe that they're doing the right thing, and they really don't care the damage that they do in order to get things they think should be done. I don't know. I, I would just, I would make a terrible politician. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I would be a terrible politician. I hope nobody ever nominates me for any kind of political position because I would be a bad, bad, bad politician. So, uh, as we pray for Israel, I think we need to pray for the leadership here in America. The conservatives and the Republicans need to get their act together. They do. I don't think some of them want to get their act together. But it's it's going to be fascinating. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it. I think Jim Jordan would make an excellent Speaker of the House. I don't think he has a chance. And I would blame the moderate Republicans on that. We got the ultra-conservatives. I think they've caused enough trouble. But I think the more moderate will block Jim Jordan. They they don't know what they're doing. All right. Quick break. We'll be back. 